Welcome to the Steelers Depot live stream here on this Monday, February 19th. As always, I am Alex Kazora flying solo tonight. Uh, Dave Bryan is on vacation out in Nashville right now, so you guys are stuck with me for the next hour answering as many Steelers questions as I can. Give me one second here to pull up the stream on my end so I can see the chat and start answering your questions again going until 8 p.m. Eastern time. And just give me one second and we'll talk about the offseason that's pretty quiet right now. There is that February lull between, you know, right after the season ends, post Super Bowl until the combine begins and for agency and all that jazz. And so appreciate you guys being here. If you guys could hit the like button, bring more people to the stream. Really would appreciate that. can also subscribe to the channel and be sure to check out the site SteelersDepot.com as the latest round of people trying to connect you know, quarterbacks to Pittsburgh continues. We've moved from the top end names, Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, to now mid to bottom tier names of Joe Flacco and Jimmy Garoppolo. So fun times to be had there. Just one more quick note before we dive in. If you want a guarantee of your question being asked and answered, you can send us a super chat. No obligation to do so, but you'll move to the front of the line for the next available question. We appreciate those. No obligation to, but we do, again, appreciate any super chats that you guys uh, send in. So we will start off with Brian Jonker, who says, I do not think Kenny Pickett is enough competition to bring out the best in Mason during the preseason. Agree, disagree. Who is likely to fill that role? I mean, I really think it's kind of backwards. I don't think you need somebody to bring the best out in Mason. Um, I don't think that's the the concern there. Um, it's really about trying to make sure there's healthy competition for Kenny Pickett. Although, as Josh Carney and I discussed on the uh, Monday Terrible Podcast, you know, will this be true competition or 2022 Steelers competition of Trubisky and Pickett and Rudolph, where it really was understood? Trubisky was going to be the guy unless something dramatic happened. He got hurt, obviously, or if he just completely imploded, and they really never felt like an actual competition there. So I don't even know if Pickett needs the needs the best brought out in him. I think he's a competitive guy. I think he's wired the right way. Competition certainly can help push you a little bit, but I don't think he's a guy that necessarily needs competition to, to be at his best. He understands as much as anybody what's at stake for him here in 2024. And so that should be more enough motivation. If you need more motivation than that, then you probably have the wrong guy as it is. But again, I don't think that's the uh, the primary concern with uh, with Kenny Pickett. All right. LumberZach94 says, hey, fellas, weird one for you. What kind of role do you guys foresee the role of Dylan Cook being heading into next season? Undrafted guy, he was inactive every game, but there's something that they liked. Would you guys think he's more just an option at backup swing? Granted, I know we still have to see what happens this offseason camp, but was curious of what you guys think his role pans out to be. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, Cook was... Truly the training camp sleeper and darling, um, a guy that was really not on anyone's radar whenever he got signed. I think it was around springtime that he came in around May or so, and he really impressed. And he showed he could play both tackle spots, played some left guard as well. So he's got to uh, you know, fight and compete for a spot, but he's got size. He's athletic. I think he's pretty violent with his hands. And so he's somebody that has you know some versatility there. And with a no line that's you know, the depth isn't great right now, and we'll see what happens with guys like Mason Cole, and, you know, if he sticks around, if not, then the depth will be even worse. They're, of course, going to, I'm sure they're going to sign at least a veteran tackle after cutting a core four, and, you know, drafting a center seems like a priority for them, um, and so it's a little hard to, I guess, answer that question right now. You just want to see more of the guy. You've got a kind of a taste in the summer, some impressive reps in the preseason, you know, full year in the system, year two for Cook in Pittsburgh. He was playing in Tampa Bay a little bit before. I mean, he hadn't played offensive line that long. He was a, a quarterback at, what, Montana Northern for a year or two, several years back before he moved to right tackle, transferred schools, and, you know, has started his, his offensive line career. So he's just kind of a young, moldable guy as it is. So it's hard to chart out exactly Cook's path, but he had a really impressive summer, and, you know, I was not surprised to see him kept. He was kind of the one name that I think a lot of people were – in a sense, surprised by because they didn't know the name that well, but just knowing how valuable the commodity offensive linemen are for Cook to um to, to play well, he was somebody deserving to be kept around and see how he develops. So it's kind of just truly developmental guy, 
natural spots, right tackle. He's played some guard. We'll see what happens. But good question there, Lumberzak. All right, next question comes from Mike Adesso. As we sit here today pre-combined, you have one player as a fit for the Steelers. You want to see test and one player you want drafted for the Steelers. I'll ask again post-combine just to see if different. Also, will Ian's have anybody from Steelers Depot at the Combine this year? Yes, we intend to. Still finalizing some things, so I don't want to, um, you know, explicitly lay out all of our Combine plans, but we do hope and are planning on having uh, at least at least one person, probably more than one person at the uh, Combine this year. In terms of who I'm looking for, I'd have to look at a list. I'm so bad because there's so many names that come to mind. Just watching the corners test overall and the interior linemen test overall, I think I'm I'm curious by just watching even somebody like Amarius Mims from Georgia, just because he's the right tackle, by the way, if you don't know, um, because he's a really high upside guy. I mean, I think the size profile, the athletic profile, when he's at his best, I mean, you can't get around him and pass, bro. And he can be a punishing run blocker, but the guy has eight career starts. And so you just don't have a lot of tape. Like it was hard for me to find tape of the guy. And he was a starter at Georgia. It should be the easiest thing in the world to lay up just to get eyes on him. And he had an ankle injury this past year and battled through that. And there were times where he would rotate series or not start the game or, or start and then get hurt midway through. And so his snap count is just low overall. And for a first-round talent, there's just not a not a body of work there. And the Combine's not going to complete that body of work, obviously. But you just want to find out as much as you can about this guy. And that I think will be important for him. Is there a guy you really want them to draft? I don't know if I'm at that point yet. I, I do like Nate Wiggins from Clemson a lot. I think he will be in the first-round conversation at pick number 20, um, but I don't know if he's somebody that I'm banging the table for saying you have to get this guy. Uh, typically, I don't for the first round you know, because you can go in so many d- uh, different directions, but I do like Nate Wiggins quite a bit. All right, let's see what else we have here. Dennis O'Brien, a new name, says, Alex, what do you think about taking a quarterback in the first or second round like the Washington quarterback or Bo Nix? And that's uh, Michael Penix he's, of course, referring to. Um, I have to do more research on those guys. I'm not necessarily opposed to it. I'm, I'm kind of in the mindset of, you you know, your franchise quarterback should come through the draft. Like, that's where you typically find those guys. You look at the top 10 quarterbacks in football, broadly speaking. They were almost all drafted by the team, whether you're talking – Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Those guys were were homegrown. And I, I think for Pittsburgh to find their next franchise quarterback, if it's not going to be Kenny Pickett, which is not trending that way, I don't have confidence it will be, then you go through the draft as opposed to free agent acquisitions that are older, more expensive. Um, I'd rather go draft that guy. So I don't know, you know, as much yet on Knicks and, and Penix. I'm sure they'll be talked about some. I don't expect Pittsburgh to truth truthfully and sincerely entertain the idea, so it's a little less on my radar. Now, if they go to one of these pro days, if you see Tomlin and Khan at the Washington pro day or the Oregon pro day, it's going to raise an antenna. Now, at Oregon, there's also Jackson Powers Johnson, so that may create some debate about who are they going there to see, both of them, but primarily are they going there for the quarterback or the center? Now, if they go to Washington, that's a different story because it's clearly Penix as as the guy there. Um, but yeah, point is, you know, draft a quarterback. And even, I'll say this as well, I'm kind of rambling here a little bit, but I guess it's just me tonight. Um, even though, yes, I think the dilemma that Pittsburgh finds themselves in, they're never going to be a, a four-win team, a three-win team that's going to be picking top two, top three to get a blue-chip quarterback. They're not going to be in position to get a Caleb Williams or one of those top names, Drake May, Jane Daniels. You can still find quarterbacks, you know, past those top five picks. I mean, what, Josh Allen went seventh overall. Mahomes was a, where'd Mahomes go? 11th or 12th. Ben was an 11th overall pick. Lamar Jackson went 32nd overall. So still you found a lot of first round quarterbacks beyond the top three. Obviously, in fact, a lot of the busts come from that that top three. Oh, you, you can't can't be missed. And, and then you miss on them um, because that's just how the NFL draft goes. It's art, not science. So, Point is, I think Pittsburgh, even in the position that they're going to find themselves in year after year and picking in the teens or, or you know, 20s, could still get a quarterback in the draft. It may not be that consensus number one quarterback or true Andrew Luck type of dude, but there is an opportunity to get there, and that may require a trade-up, but so be it. If it's for a quarterback that can be the face of your franchise, it is certainly worth it. All right, got a $5 super chat here from Matthew T. Thank you so much, Matthew. says, 
If the Steelers were to bring in a quarterback, who is your unquestioned starter, Fields, etc., do you explore trading Pickett and what could you get for him? Yeah, I would, Matthew. If you're if you're trading for a guy that ends any semblance of competition for Kenny Pickett, then I'm fine with just moving Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. I, not that you have to, but just the awkwardness of the former franchise quarterback or thought to be the franchise quarterback with the new guy is pretty weird. It creates distractions, issues, questions in the locker room. And I think you just have a clean break at that point because obviously you're closing the book on Pickett implicitly. If you were to trade for a Justin Fields, Pickett's no longer your starter, not entertained in that role. You're not going to pick up the fifth-year option on him. So try to move on. And you can probably get something for him. Now, what that value is, that's really hard to say. It depends on what well, all it takes is one team to really like the guy. You know, maybe a, a fourth-round pick or so. Kenny Pickett's still a you know young guy on a rookie contract who I think could be a you know really good backup somewhere. I don't I don't take issue with that idea. So that would be my guess of it. But it's really hard to say, and I've not given it you know much thought about what Kenny Pickett's trade value is because I expect him to start in Pittsburgh in 2024. Again, thank you guys so much for being here. 71 in the chat, and so if you guys could hit the like button, bring more people. To the site, would really appreciate that. Kim Hayward posting on Instagram today. He's uh, had surgery, and so, um, you know, not entirely sure the nature of that, but probably just something postseason, maybe impacted by that groin injury. I don't know if that was a cleanup on that or something related to that. Sometimes when you have that groin injury, you're compensating with, you know, your legs or your other, you know, your hips or whatever the case is. And so I don't know if there was some sort of kind of domino effect there, but uh, Kim Hayward having surgery recently. All right, next question comes from Lizard72, which is more of a comment. I would stay away from Penix, just another older guy that benefited by playing more years in college. And so that's the take on Michael Penix Jr. And Jason, our friend Jason, says, uh, take me to quarterback of the first round would be stupid. I'm not entirely sure what that means, but I assume the point is don't take a quarterback in the first round. Seems to be Jason's point. Seth B. says, seen a few takes panning the Steelers after Dulac's report of them not pursuing a starting quarterback this offseason. Do you agree it would be bad management or a sign of the organization being unserious? I, I wouldn't say unserious. That seems to be too inflammatory about the decision. Um, they want to see Kenny Pickett one more year. That's the bottom line. Now, right or wrong, that can all be debated. I'm not... I'm not necessarily crazy about the idea. Um, I don't know. If, I just don't have the confidence Pickett's going to be a top 10 quarterback to truly compete in this loaded AFC with a bunch of names that are going to be playing quarterback for their respective teams for a long, long time. Jackson, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, etc. Um, but I understand their point of let's get a new OC in there. Let's give it one last shot. We put the investment in Pickett. We want to see this thing through and allow 2024 to truly be that make or break season. And I'm not, and I mean, I'm not like particularly crazy about going out there and getting Kirk cousins at 36, pay him a bunch of money coming off a of torn Achilles. I think he's the best, the best talent to go get of the available options out there. And so I can see that more so than I probably could have Russell Wilson, for example, but you know, I understand that it's not a great system fit and it's not a long-term option for your team in all likelihood. And Justin Fields, I don't really know where I feel or where I, I fall, I should say, on the Justin Fields conversation. Never really done a deep dive into his game. Um, I could see a system fit overall, but just knowing the fifth-year option, you know, almost feel obligated to pick up and, you know, just some of the inconsistency in his game. I'm not enthused by that and I'll pass on Russell Wilson even though it's going to be cheaper than than a Kirk Cousins so again I'm, I'm just kind of team draft somebody and I know that may not be possible this year I mean it's possible with Knicks and Penix and McCarthy we'll see but you know it doesn't have to happen this year if it if, it, if you don't like the guy or if it's just not if it's just not there for you so I wouldn't call it unserious but I think there still are serious concerns about the long-term outlook at the quarterback position in Pittsburgh Steel Pastor says, hey, all, I have a question about the Justin Fields thing. By the way, not a fan. What if the price was a fourth or later round pick with an optional future pick if the Steelers actually pick up his fifth year? Um, I, are you asking, would I want to see that? Would Pittsburgh consider that? Those are two different schools of thought. My, my thought on Justin Fields is, 
and I wrote about this this morning for Seagulls Depot. You can check out the article if you scroll down a bit. There's just so much more bark than bite when it comes to that conversation. You know, I think the media chatter and speculation is so misaligned with Pittsburgh's actual interest in doing it. You know, it's not like it's a, it's not like Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets where it feels like it's inevitable and it's just a question of when it's going to happen and let's all talk about it and what what that's going to look like. Um, I think it's off-season fodder, and it, it, it makes sense on paper. I'm not saying it's wrong to suggest that, but just based on everything that Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney, the team has said and done, their intention is for Pickett to compete with somebody, ideally Mason Rudolph, in the summer. And if it's not Rudolph, then it's a veteran equivalent. Most likely, or at least the front runner, would be a Ryan Tannehill. And so that's the situation that they're in right now. Now, if the compensation were to be really low, at some point you sit there and say, man, could you entertain that but again Pittsburgh wants competition you trade for Fields even with a lower pick you're, he's going to be your starter you're not going to trade for him to be the backup he doesn't want to do that Pickett um, you know is not going to compete with Justin Fields it's going to be a Justin Fields led team and Pittsburgh I don't think wants to go down that path and so it's less about the compensation it's just more about where they're at with Kenny Pickett what they think about him and how they envision this 2024 season going that's kind of where things sit overall I'm going to drink a water. I'm not used to talking this much here. And so let me uh, just take a quick pause. I'll get back to some more questions. All right, let's see. Chris Neal seems the ideal year for Omar to trade back a bit in round one and still get his top center. Potentially, it's it's so premature to discuss, you know, trade back, trade up scenarios. I don't think any team at least not Pittsburgh, knows what they're going to do right now. That depends on free agency, depends on what the board looks like, depends on offers, and those things really don't get known aside from, you know, quarterback-related things where teams trade up, you know, Carolina trading up pre-draft last year. That stuff aside, you know, things like let's trade back and still get Powers Johnson, you're not going to know that until, you you know, you're basically on the clock there on that Thursday night come, what would that be, April 25th, I believe. So, you know, you can talk about it some... I'm not opposed to the idea. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm always of the mindset that teams should trade back more. Teams don't trade back enough. They should, excuse me, be able to collect as many picks as possible, have, some, have as many darts to throw at the dartboard to try to maximize their chance of success. Um, so I, I like the idea of trading back, generally speaking, but you know, you can talk about things hypothetically in a vacuum until you're really in that situation and you know exactly what you're looking at. It's really hard to give any sort of answer, really have any sort of feeling toward what the right decision uh, would be. Jason Hess, why do you think Chooks has not been listed on the NFL transactions list yet? Possible trade? It's interesting. I don't. I hadn't gotten to check the actual transactions log the last couple of days. Usually Dave does that, and again, he's out of town right now. He wasn't listed, though, initially with Harvin and Trubisky, so that was notable and typically would speak to some sort of trade. I mean, I don't think he's going to, he's not going to play in Pittsburgh in 2024. They're not going to pick up the roster bonus on, on him. So I don't know if they're trying to explore that. I hadn't checked if the move had actually processed. Maybe, maybe it has by now. So if it hasn't yet though, days after a week after the actual reporting and the team even announcing it, then that is strange. Could that be at this point for a trade, I mean, you know, either one was going to happen with, within a day or two or wasn't going to happen at all, or could there be an injury situation that they have to, to deal with? I, I don't know. Um, so if it has not actually been confirmed and officially processed by the league, that would be curious, but I really couldn't give you a great answer towards why that might be. Let's see, Seth B., if the Steelers were to trade any current player this offseason, who do you think it most likely be? I would have thought Chooks, but no dice there. Yeah, I didn't think Chooks had value for a pretty strong salary with that roster bonus coming due uh, last year of his contract for a middling tackle, even knowing the premium that exists for tackles with a strong tackle class, too, in the draft. I mean, it's it's a really good offensive tackle class. Had it been really weak with maybe the a couple of names, you know, out there as first-round candidates, maybe there'd be more of an appetite for that, but I really didn't think there was a chance they could get anything for a core for just given his his situation, I should say, in the landscape of uh, the draft and probably some free agents as well. Jonah Williams will be a free agent, and so I hadn't looked at that entire list of, of the free agents to be, but um, not surprised on Chooks. Now, who they could trade, and I think Dave and I discussed this a couple weeks ago about potential trade names. I don't see anybody like now or pre-free agency, you know, towards roster cutdowns in the summer, at the Marvin Leal, 
maybe Mason Cole, if they were to draft the top center and he beats out Cole and becomes the starter. Although I think Cole could be the backup as a guard center. There's some value in that. Um, Pittsburgh's lack of center depth last year was, was scary and Cole to his credit has been durable and tough and played through a lot of injuries. And that's actually been important for Pittsburgh, but they do need a center, uh, a long-term option and upgrade. There's no question about that. So Cole Liao, because he's not fitting in Pittsburgh, not working, you know, as the roster spot, he was inactive then last year. I, I think Pittsburgh's about ready to turn the page on that. So I could see him going in a, in a Kendrick Green-like deal, seventh-round pick, you know, something like that might be what he would fetch. Paul Ruman, how would you rank the order of Steelers' needs of quarterback, corner, center, tackle, inside backer, defensive line, wide receiver, and safety? I, It's a lot of positions there. I don't have a great list, and sometimes, it, to me, it's less about ranking the order, but just kind of depending on buckets of big need, medium need, no need, and then judging that based off of what's in for agency what's in the draft and kind of juggling all those things. It's not always about to me ranking, okay, get this position first, the next position, the next position, and things will change here pretty quickly once free agency begins. So, I mean, I think, I think corner tackle are are pretty big needs right now for this team. The two that kind of stick out to me the most in D line as well, um, having some depth and some sort of future behind Kim Hayward is going to be important. So I would say kind of those three at the top. I mean, obviously quarterback until you get that figured out is always kind of the, the siren going off in your organization. Um, but I don't have a, you know, one, two, three, just, you know, follow this order in terms of, of, of needs. I think they're all pretty important. I think inside linebacker is a little bit less. So um, you'd still love a long-term option there, but I think you can go with Holcomb, assuming he's back and healthy and Roberts and Mark Robinson in year three, maybe you sign Quan in camp and see where that Achilles is at on a very, you know, no risk type of situation. Potentially, I think it's just a little bit lower than the other positions on that list. 100 people here in the chat, so thank you guys. Really appreciate that. Be sure to like and subscribe. If you guys, uh, Let me ask you this, too. Um, if you had any, any ideas for a future video content uh, for the channel and also for the site, let me know. Is there anything you want me to look at? Uh, you know, season review, check out this concept or this, this scheme or this player. Uh, let me know in the uh, comments uh, or in the chat, I should say, uh, for any sort of future video ideas because in the off season, I have some stuff planned and some thoughts, but I uh, always want to get your guys' opinion as well. Russ is here. David is here. So we appreciate you guys hanging out with myself tonight. Again, just flying solo. Dave will be back for the next uh, episode two weeks from now, but he's on vacation. So it's just me tonight. LV says, if you really want to evaluate Kenny, you absolutely have to give him an elite offensive line, draft a center and right guard, or sign through for agency. No more relying on mid-tier guys. Alex, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think what team does not want to build an elite offensive line? That's kind of, uh, you know, that's the goal of every single team overall is give your quarterback as much talent overall to, to work with and to be built around. So, yeah, I mean, that that's what they want to do. They do want to surround him with more talent. I think the most important thing, though, and this goes into having a good offensive line, of course, but get but get the run game started faster. The last two years, you know, Pittsburgh's run the ball well overall, but they started so slowly with the run game. In 2022, wasn't until post-bye week 10 in which the run game got going. In 2023, wasn't until week 9 against Tennessee. Broderick Jones comes in a right tackle. The run game got going. And that, that just, you can't take half a season to figure out your run game. And that did hurt Pickett. And there's no question about that. It would hurt any quarterback. Rudolph got much more support with the run game than Pickett ever did. And so you want to see that run game get started faster. That'll create your play pass opportunities that Arthur Smith will implement in this system and stay on schedule and, and all those important things. So to me, just that that's the real key for Pickett and the health of this offense. All right, next question will come from, got a couple of Super Chats in. So, Findle 70 with a $10 Super Chat. Thank you so much. Actually, there was one before from Jesse. I'll go to, to Jesse in just a second, but I'm already on Findle's question. Thanks for all the great work this year. You and Josh asked for competition for what today regarding a quarterback. And really, in my opinion, the competition is against Kenny's own ego. Make him win a job. No other options anyway. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I don't want to get into the psyche stuff too much. I mean, you know, I, again... Pickett knows what he has to do. He knows 
how important this year is for him, what's on the line for him. This will determine his, you know, Steelers future and partially his NFL future. So that's that's a lot of motivation right there. But uh, you know, should they add competition? Yes, I think that's that's there's a there's a positivity to that. And frankly, you just want a veteran backup because one underlying issue with Pickett beyond all the on-field stuff is health. I mean, he has struggled to stay healthy in his two years playing quarterback. And that's not a personal attack or criticism or any sort of indictment on Kenny Pickett, but he has dealt with concussions and the ankle injury, of course, this past year and getting knocked out of games. I think the stat was at some point mid-season that Mitch Trubisky, after getting benched in week four, had participated in one-third of the games since because Pickett would get hurt and knocked out. And I mean, he's tough. He's played through a bunch of stuff at Texans game and he's played through, he's played hurt, I'm not questioning his toughness, but he's just not been available all the time. And so you need a good veteran quarterback. And just in general, you want that, you can have the most durable quarterback in the world. One hand is all it takes for, for that to change. And so having that good backup plan is important. You saw the Browns go through four quarterbacks. Pittsburgh, of course, went through three partially due to injury, partially due to poor play overall. But every year, some team gets really hit hard and, and really impacted by a, a quarterback injury. So it's just good to have a veteran there regardless. Um, but there was a benefit for the uh, the competition aspect of it as well. All right, Jesse Hill says this may be Tomlin's last year. Thoughts? Thank you for the super chat, Jesse. No, I wouldn't say that. Here's the thing. Tomlin, I think we can all agree, right or wrong, we can all agree he will get a contract extension at some point this year, probably in the spring, April or so, but he will be extended. And we know their history of not firing coaches mid-season and, and, you know, even a little less rare, but mid-contract. And Tomlin is, what we don't know his exact salary now or what it will be, he will be among the highest paid coaches in football. And so there is... There's no chance he's going to get fired, you know, a year into that extension, and and then the team's going to have to pay him, you know, thirty million dollars to to not coach the Steelers and go coach against Pittsburgh in all likelihood. Um, Art Rooney's not going to do that. So, I mean, if if Tomlin were to be removed, it would be he either steps down or his contract runs out or something uh, like that. Overall. So that's that's where this thing is is going to be. Uh, even if things go south for Tomlin, if he has an extension, I don't see Rooney pulling the plug because then that just means you you have to pay him a, a ton of money overall. Stern boys with a two dollars super chat. Do you like Fortnite or any other games? Madden? No, Madden's gone downhill so much. I bought that's Madden. I bought I think was. Madden 19 with AB on the cover, and it was just such a trash game. I mean, that was kind of Madden's lowest point, Madden 19, Madden 20, but it's really turned me off ever since. I know the game has maybe improved slightly since then, but not by much. I play some NHL with some buddies, uh, so I have a new NHL game each year, just online shell. Uh, I play a baseball game out of the park, which I'll have on the channel when the new game comes out uh, in March. I believe that's the uh, release for Out of the Park 25. But uh, not not playing a whole lot of games right now. All right, let's see what else we have here in the live chat. Hundred one people here. Appreciate that for a pretty quiet part of the season. Uh, let's see. Had some good questions here tonight. Who is the dream punter? I know everyone will talk about Tory Taylor from Iowa. I think I want to learn more about Ryan Reckow from BYU. He had some. Crazy good numbers at BYU. He's second in NCAA history in gross average, only behind Ryan Stonehouse, who's an elite punter now for the Titans. And so that's a guy I do want to look at more, uh, Ryan Reckow, even though the attention will go towards um, Tory Taylor. Uh, Paul asking about next year's quarterback class. I've not done much study into that. I've heard some things that 2025 does not look Good for the quarterback class. I know that what Sanders from Colorado will probably be part of that. Beyond that, my knowledge is pretty thin of next year's class, and it's always impossible to predict. I always go back to you know Joe Burrow was not thought about as the first overall pick until his last year at LSU. Never not, not on a radar, not in that conversation, and that changes the scope of the quarterback class. So the the draft Knicks and the people that study it more year-round than I do, I focus on it once the Steelers season ends. Uh, 
their take is it does not look very good, and that's something to to note. But I think it's really hard to predict and say. You never know who's going to come out of the woodwork and have a great year or have a bad year. So, you know, we'll see. To be determined. All right, what else do we have here? What do you think Deontay Johnson's trade value is with the one year left on his deal? Yeah, I, I just hadn't considered it much. I don't expect him to be traded or dealt. I know that's kind of been talked about some. Um, you know, do I think he will get an extension? I'm leaning towards no. I think he'll play out his contract and will he return after 2024? Again, if I had to guess right now, I'd be leaning towards no. But going back to the point about surrounding Pickett with talent, you know, trading Deontay, losing a top receiver, how do you replace him? Pittsburgh, I don't think is going to going to do that especially without great receiver depth at that point you're down to pickings and yeah you probably draft somebody but you know who knows who that guy is and how he turns out and is there a rookie learning curve and the transition to the nfl game um I, I don't see that being pittsburgh's choice and calculation all right next question have i heard of some marist guy i have not i will try to check him out but um Thank you there, Shaq Daddy. Do I think Omar and Weidel will stick to Blue's Clues and stick to trenches early in the draft? I mean, Blue's Clues does not mean trenches, and they've not really indicated any Blue's Clues right now. But yeah, I think, you know, they'll be fairly predictable. They typically are. So that's my expectation, especially with kind of how predictable, from our standpoint, from the research that we do and and kind of the way we study things and view things, um, I think they'll be, you know, Fairly predictable in 2024. Steelers, those are reality. Five Steelers who will be on the roster come the new league year, and some that should not. Um, I'm not entirely sure what that means. Five Steelers who will be on the roster come the new league year. So as in free agents that they're going to sign? I, I think that's where you're going, and that's, you know, who knows? I have not gotten into some of the free agency names yet. I've been kind of focusing on draft stuff right now, so I don't have a a great answer for you. Mike Adesso, do you think Steelers ideally want their cornerbacks opposite JPJ to be similar in style, the length, height, more of man guy, or maybe more diverse and can play zone slot type? Seems like they want man cornerbacks. Yeah, they have a type. I mean, they drafted Porter and Trice, and those guys are tall and long and athletic and can play press man and be physical. So that that is, I think, the type that they're very much gravitating towards. Um, and, and I think Porter developed versatility. I thought he was you know, better in zone coverage last year than people give him credit for. He did play in the slot a fair amount because he was traveling and shadowing top opposing number one wide receivers. Um, so I think he's gotten more comfortable overall. You want a cornerback who can be well-rounded, and they played a lot of zone last year because of the injuries and simplifying their defense. But uh, there's a type that they want, I think, pretty clearly in that that big, long man-to-man, press-jam, reroute type of corner. Matthew T., thank you for always having the best Steelers coverage. Thank you, Matthew, and thank you guys for hanging out with myself tonight. Brian Jonker, how do we Cam's cap hit under control? I assume that means how do we get Cam's cap hit under control? Dave Brian has laid it out. There'll be an extension, probably a two-year extension for Cam Hayward, um, and so you can you know basically help convert some of that current year uh, base salary and into the future, um, you can re- rework that contract and, and save up a, a bunch of cap space there. So Dave can obviously lay it out better than I can, but essentially contract extension, I mean, you can't restructure because he's entering the last year of his contract, but uh, an extension um, with no new money essentially will be the way that they accomplish that. CLLO8, hey uh, Alex, big fan of the channel. Keep up the great work, bro. Thank you so much. I have one question. Are you still doing the Steelers' biggest bus? I love that series. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not opposed to doing it. It usually comes around probably more towards the summer when it's kind of really the dullest part of the offseason. And I've kind of hit the big Steelers' busts. I've done, I think, Senquez Golson and Limus Swede, Jarvis Jones. I think I did this past year. I've done Trey Edwards. Might be time for a Devin Bush one. And I think I did Artie Burns as well. Um, so I kind of don't have kind of hit all the big names in terms of recent Steelers bus, and I could go, you know, further back into Jermaine Stevens, but I think to be less intrigued by that and just kind of less footage, and I wasn't around to to witness that story, and so I might not tell it as well 
as others. But yeah, a short answer. I I, I will I, I try to do my goal will try to be to, to do at least one per year. Um so hopefully that'll happen this summer. Connor Noor, thoughts on Mariota as a backup if a fields trade were to happen, allow their offense to still run the option rollout game. Yeah, that makes sense too. I don't think we've talked about that enough with Mariota. Um he was the starting quarterback in 2022 in Atlanta with Arthur Smith. Now he ended up, I think, getting hurt or benched or whatever the case was there, but there's a connection between him and Smith, and he's athletic still, older, 32, 33 years old right now, um, and he's never really stayed healthy, and that is a concern if you go to your backup and you're questioning if he can be healthy, otherwise you're then getting ready for your third-string quarterback. So that is a, a worry, but yeah, I think it makes sense, and he would obviously be, be pretty cheap. Matt, do you think Kenny has enough talent to even be a Brock Purdy system style quarterback? Yeah, I mean, how do you interpret that? I mean, I I get the gist of what you're asking overall. I think Pickett can be, I think he can be a quarterback with a good roster around him, can take you to the playoffs. I don't know how much further he can take you from there. I mean, I'm, I know we're still going to watch him this year and evaluate and see. And so you can't close the book or write that, that story in pen yet. Um, so to answer your question, I I guess in a sense, yes, because Purdy does benefit, but he's not playing as well individually as Purdy does. Purdy has still made some great throws and some big-time plays more consistently, more routinely than Kenny Pickett has. And of course, you can say there's more talent, better O-line, whatever the case is, better scheme, better coaching. Those things can be true and valid, but you know, I don't, I haven't seen Pickett get to that level routinely yet. Uh, let's see, where can the Alex Mailbag segment on Steelers Depot be accessed? Longtime reader here, and would love to know that's from KRRK. Thank you for that. Uh, every Thursday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, that's when the mailbag goes up. I answer questions for at least an hour. I try to go back later that day to, to get ones that came in later to at least res- respond to them in the comments. But um, Thursday, 2.30 Eastern Time. That's when the post goes up. You can put a, a question in the comment section there, and I will uh, get to it. So that's where you can find that. So thank you for being a longtime reader and uh, asking that question and being here today. All right, let's see. Next one comes from Adesso729. When is the walk the mock? I don't know for sure. I have not been contacted yet, but uh, hopefully I will be here sooner than later. Um, but I will certainly uh, be part of the kind of official walk the mock if I am invited to run the Steelers. And I'll, if not, then I'll I'll do um, on my own, just kind of a fun mock. So that, that'll happen at some point. But, you know, we're talking March, April, not anytime super, super soon. Russ Obenstein, Alex, what positions would you pick first? I'm hoping right tackle and center. Uh, Russ, good to hear from you, man. Yeah, I mean, those are those are logical options. Again, depends on on the board, the depth of the class, for agency, how those things work. But I, I want to move Broderick Jones to left tackle. I don't see the compelling reason not to. But if you do that, you acknowledge there's really nothing at right tackle. Maybe a Dylan Cook talked about him earlier. Maybe he emerges. You could try Dan Moore at right tackle. I don't think anyone's going to be excited about that, including Dan Moore, who's admitted I'm not really a right tackle. He did a little bit of that in camp, a couple of snaps, but not comfortable doing that. So there's really no other alternative, which becomes a big need for Pittsburgh. And there are some right tackle prospects in this draft in J.C. Lassim from Alabama, Amarius Mims from Georgia. Brandon Fisher from Notre Dame, guys that have played right tackle, wouldn't have to flip from left tackle. And so um, that's a good place to start. It's certainly not a bad suggestion, Russ. Punter profiles. We'll have them, David. We, we did, uh, the year they drafted Harvin, we did, I think, four or five punter profiles, including one on Harvin. We did one on him, on Max Duffy, Drew Cushman that year. And so we will have, I'm anticipating at least two to three, if not more, punter profiles, I promise. Uh, let's see what else we have. Russ wants to see another film room of the run game in the last half of the season. That's a that's a good idea. Wouldn't mind Gardner Minshew. That's another name to consider. I don't. I wonder if he might want to go to a place where he has maybe better odds to start. I don't know what team that would be, um, but interesting. That's a it's a good thought there. What do the Steelers do at swing tackle? That's from D Drews, nineteen fourteen. 
I think a veteran tackle of some type is probably the way that you fill that. I mean, again, you could try to make Dan Moore into that guy. Is that going to be ideal? He's a hard worker. I think if he dedicated some more time to the right tackle, then potentially, but you may go a more veteran route as well to at least add somebody into that into that fold. Uh, Mike asking about free agent fits for the Steelers. Seems like a starting center and safety free agent class uh, in terms of the strength of those classes. I uh, Very little overall right now. I know we're kind of coming up pretty quick on free agency, but just has not held my attention uh, right now, Mike. Yeah, uh, out play out of the park. I've been playing that since since uh, 19, uh, BAC. So it's a really fun game. It's on the channel. I, mean, I haven't recorded. I stopped the the 23 series a while back once the season began just don't have time that's dedicated to that but uh my pirates will be back for out of the park 25 and we will probably be not great because we're never that good in this game uh let's see what else we have here what do i think about jonathan high traders mock draft trading up to number three overall to draft drake may i mean i don't have any concrete thoughts on may i know jonathan does his weekly mock draft and, and tries to map out different scenarios to kind of keep that fresh and so you kind of play around with different ideas um the cost obviously would be substantial if, if that's the guy then that's the guy i'm all for it but i don't anticipate pittsburgh going that avenue i think teams are, that are in the top three they all need quarterbacks in terms of the Bears. The Bears don't need one, but they're likely to take Caleb Williams. And, of course, the what, Commanders and uh, Patriots, I think, are two and three. They need quarterbacks, and so I don't think there's an appetite for those teams to uh, to trade down. Got about 20 minutes left, so be sure to get your questions in. Would appreciate that. Steelers social reality clarifying earlier. Five current players who should be off the Steelers roster. And I just got a super chat. So let me go back up to uh, to read that quickly. Uh, where did it go? I lost my place on that. Five current Steelers players who should be off the roster come March 16th. But the Steelers will keep. I I haven't thought about that. I mean, they don't have any, you know. I, I don't know if I could come up with a great list of five right then and there. There's a bunch of free agents to be, and we'll see who return who returns and all that. Um, but I don't typically kind of think about it in that in that sense uh, necessarily. We'll see what happens with you know Patrick Peterson and Mason Cole, Allen Robinson. Something of course will happen there with him. Um, we'll kind of take the landscape by the new league year. Uh, let's see if you're KP. Uh, let me get that. There was a super chat here. I don't want to miss that. That's from Adam Legion with a $5 super chat. Their first one. So thank you so much. Adam says, is Pat P late season tackling a personal talent issue or related to familiarity with a position? Open field, more ground to cover. First can be improved. Yeah, I think it's both. I mean, Peterson was never known as a hard hitting, great tackling corner. That wasn't as much. His game was more interception, ball skills, just pure coverage ability, don't throw his way, you know, at, at his best in his prime, he was a great return man. Um, but I, you know, I, I made the point to Josh on Monday show of, yes, tackling at safety was an issue. He did not do a good job overall, but was, you know, he's getting moved there mid-season. He's learning this new position on the fly, you know, not just having this kind of rotational sub-package, dime package where he might rotate with Minka, but like literally playing every down safety. And he was excited by that. I thought it had some some good reps. And just being able to absorb that competently, as he did, is huge. If they didn't have him, what else would they have done when they lost everybody? They lost Minka and, and Casey and Neil and Trenton Thompson. So just to have that guy back there, I think, is don't don't take that for granted. But, but if he was going to have a more of a safety role and personality in 2024, a whole offseason to really understand and learn the position, not just kind of be thrown into the mix and say, have at it, please, please help us. Um, I think will help him in terms of angles and reading things and all that. So will he be a great tackler? No, but could he improve? Yes, I think he certainly uh, could improve overall. So that's why I'm probably more, I don't know, optimistic or more, you know, confident in the idea of Pat, uh, Peterson coming back in 24 and still being a fit for the Steelers and still having a role in providing some positive value for the team. He can't play outside corner. I mean, he cannot play outside cornerback anymore those days to me i think are, are basically done but there are some other hats he can wear effectively for this team 
All right, what else do we have here? I'm trying to go through as many questions as I can. Will Arthur Smith grow his mustache back by the time the season starts? I hope so, but I do not know. But our fingers are crossed, David. What are your thoughts on Leonard Taylor, defensive end from Miami? I didn't do the report on Taylor. Um, intriguing guy. Kind of was checking some of those boxes, but I, I got to get more familiar with him. The one guy I do want to watch a lot of is Mason Smith from LSU. Somebody just wrote the report on him. That might be one of the top names. It's just so hard to find a Steelers D lineman in the draft that kind of fits what you're looking for. I've gone through Darius Robinson and Fabian Lovett and Gabe Hall and those guys have their their pluses and minuses, but it is hard to kind of find that guy who truly fits because Pittsburgh has such a specific skill set in terms of the size, be at least 6'3", 300 pounds, 33-plus-inch arms, play the run, impact the, the, the pass, run to the ball, play with great effort, be productive, pedigree, strong. I mean, just everything. They need everything from those positions, and it, it is hard to find the body type, let alone the actual talent. I think Baby and Lovett, for example, has the, the body type. He's got... The, the height, the weight, the length, but he's an interior guy. I watched him on tape. He's more nose tackle, one tech, three tech, not going to play out in the edges, not going to play defensive end. So throw him out. Robinson, a little bit lighter, a little bit leaner than you think or than, than you would want for the position, but he is strong, powerful punch. I think he could fit, but he is a little tweener-ish. And Gabe Hall is a guy that I think he's he looks the part. Like that is down pat. He's strong, just inconsistent. Has to be more technical, not play as tall, be more refined and probably won't be a Hayward level of pass rusher. I think kind of a kind of a poor man's Benton is where I think I view him, uh, Gabe Hall from Baylor right now. So it's just hard to find those guys. Rob Jones, March twelfth is Oregon's pro day. If Tomlin and Omar are there, does Jackson Powers Johnson become the leader in the Blues Clues doghouse for the first pick? Likely, Rob. Although there'll be a big debate. Are they there for Bo Nix? Are they there for Powers Johnson? Are they there for both? I'm sure they'd both be at the pro day dinner that Tomlin will take those guys to. And so I can certainly see that happening and becoming a talking point in three weeks from now. Um, But I think in that scenario, you know, both would have to be on the board. You couldn't discount Nix at that point. But I think you'd see more of that attention kind of, I think, focus in on Powers Johnson. Steelers have two extra day three picks in the 2025 draft. I think Omar will use those along with the extra fourth to move up into round two or three. Day three of this draft is super weak thoughts. Yeah, again, it's it's hard to say. You, know, you can map out these things a hundred different ways until you're actually there. Um, you know, it's just, it's really hard to say overall. Um, it's not a bad thought. I get what you're saying, but I hadn't thought about they're not going to get really any compensatory picks for next year, I guess, because they're not they're not losing any for agents. So that's kind of if you were getting more comp picks, or at least expecting that, then maybe that'd be even more likely. But again, it just trades are so hard to to map out right now. Yeah, talked about Mim CLL. Um, interesting guy, talented guy. I think he's a, a true risk reward type of pick. I mean, there's so much talent, but eight starts. You're going to draft a first round pick on eight starts. Pittsburgh typically doesn't. They want guys with more of a body of work. Even Broderick Jones, I think, had 17 starts at Georgia. I mean, he had more snaps. He had, I think, almost double the snaps that uh, Mims has, but the talent there is is immense. So that'll be a really interesting situation to see how. Mims is is drafted. Is it earlier? Does he fall? How's his testing, etc.? Hello, Jason. You are here. It's been a little bit, so we're glad that you are here. Just me right now, so I guess it's less Daleks and more just Alex. But next time, Dave will be here and, and joining us again. Skittles, will Miles Boykin resign? He could. I mean, his role is his role as a blocker, as a as a gunner, special teamer, but you know, will they eventually move on and look for somebody that can maybe offer more offensively while still providing special teams value? That's possible. So, you know, it'd be a one-year deal. It'd be very cheap like last year. It's really kind of a coin flip right now. We, uh, Walter Worthy has lost all confidence in Omar Khan. Could have signed a water boy for league minimum instead of re-signed Casey, equally talented and save cap space. So on Casey alone... Uh, Walter's out, so tough break there for Omar Khan. Fendel, do you expect practices to look different at camp with the offensive coaches coming in organizationally in process? Yeah, they'll have their their quirks to them, but NFL practice 
you know, they're not radically different from team to team, I'm betting. So there'll be some changes in nuance. I think Zach Azani's a more vocal coach than what Frisman Jackson was and what I, you know, heard from Jackson the last two years at camp, what I know about Azani right now. But I mean, you know, practice is a practice in the NFL. They're all generally doing the same type of things. The structure will be the same, you know, warm up, skeleton work, individual work, team session, run session, situational ball later in practice. Uh, that structure with Tomlin at the helm still is not going to change dramatically, if at all. Adesso, any thoughts on bringing Terrell Edmonds back on a veteran benefit deal for depth? Yeah, we've talked about that. I'm not opposed to it necessarily. I hadn't looked at other options out there, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not not opposed to that idea. Any running backs, fullbacks catch your eye yet in this draft? I don't see uh, any Monty Potter bombs as of yet. You know, I was trying to find like true fullbacks, and I really could not find a name. Some of these kind of hybrid guys or conversion types. Uh, there is a guy, I, got, I haven't watched him, but Derek Snell from... I think Montana State, and he's, he's he was a true lead blocker there, but he was doing like punt returns too and other kind of crazy stuff, so uh, even he's not in that role. Well, they bring in just Keith Smith, who was in Atlanta the last three years with uh, Arthur Smith. Smith, I think, is Keith Smith, I should say, is like 31, 32, so there's an age issue, but he's been that lead blocker. Um, I could see him getting brought over to Pittsburgh to be that fullback, and we'll see what happens with Connor Hayward if he gets uh, utilized in those looks, or at least attempted to be utilized in those looks as well. Derek Snell football. Yeah, although it's with a Y. It's like D-E-R-Y-K Snell, I think is how it's spelled. Uh, look him up, but but there you go. Jason Hess, $2 Super Chat. Thank you again, Jason. Thoughts on Chooks not on the NFL transactions yet? Yeah, I mentioned this earlier. I don't know for sure if he's not appeared on there. I don't get the uh, daily log. I should. I think I, I can probably look it up from the NFL communications page. I, I should do that. Um, so I, I can't say for sure if he's not been on there or has been on there. Um, but if he hasn't, then yeah, I don't know what the hang-up would be. I don't know if there's an injury thing, if they're really going to hold out hope for a trade. We'll just have to, to stay tuned. But, I mean, they announced it. The team literally, like, press release announced he was being released. And so to hold on to him this much longer uh, would be strange if that's the case. I've uh, been hearing about how good of an idea it'd be for the Steelers to try Herbig inside. What's your thoughts on that possibility? I'll hang up and listen to your answer. I mean, listen, I talked about Herbig, Nick Herbig going inside to, to up all linebacker as much as anybody last year. I didn't think he could play on the edge. I was wrong about that. He proved me wrong. You know, egg on my face, 100% about that. So I'm not going to try to drive that bus again. And given that Marcus Golden, you know, a free agent to be, may not come back. You know, if you, if you move Herbig inside, then what do you have behind Watt and Highsmith? Nothing, essentially. So I'm good with Herbig primarily being an edge. Do you want to toy around with different sub-packages and some ways to get him on the field, Herbig, that is, at off ball linebacker? Sure, they did that in very limited fashion last year. I think one or two snaps, Amoeba package, where, where Herbig came in. And was playing off ball, kind of stunting or rushing into the A-gap against maybe Tennessee or maybe later in the season. Um, but he's an edge guy, and I'm good with him playing edge and, and that being his primary position, especially assuming that Marcus Golden does not return. Russ, will, will we be adding more coaches? I hope so. Bring in Wilkes like Flores. Um yeah, it's hard to say for sure. They, they, they hired a bunch of them. I think they will bring in at least an assistant DBs coach to help Grady Brown. This team usually has um, at least two defensive backs coaches because it's such a large group to handle corners and safeties, especially in the offseason during OTAs and training camp where you have you know 15-plus guys for one coach to manage is, is pretty heavy. So I assume they're going to bring in somebody because Gerald Alexander was in that role before, and he's uh, apparently gone to the Raiders. Uh, Pittsburgh still shows Alexander, I think, on the media site is still with the team, but I'm pretty sure he is with the Raiders right now. His bio has been changed to all that, so I assume that actually did occur. Um, so I think they're going to bring in that. Will they bring in somebody else? You know, Wilkes is interesting because, you know, he got fired so late in this process. He can't, there's really no DC opportunities out there for him. They've all been spoken for by the by the new coaching staff so you know he's kind of in that Flores territory where you, where you take a job that's probably quote-unquote beneath you but you just have to have a job to be in the league this year and do something and then become a DC again in 2025 so could that be Pittsburgh I you know I can't rule it out I guess I'm not really expecting it but but we'll see 
Uh, let's see. How important do you think our need is at DB? Outside of Minka, seems like a huge deficit, even more so than linebacker. Yeah, I think it is. I think they got some big holes, not just an outside corner. I've talked about outside corner a lot, but slot corner. I mean, you know, Sullivan returning is a pending for Asian at strong safety. It's an it's an older safety group, but it's a slow safety group. They got to get more team speed defensively overall. So yeah, I think I think secondary in general is is a pretty important need and not just at one position. Would love Mike Mitchell for DB's coach. Will teach good tackling and intensity. We'll see. I mean, it, it felt possible whenever the Colts let him go. And Mitchell had said on Twitter he would love to to come back to Pittsburgh. And I know Tomlin, I think, last year when Pittsburgh was playing the Colts ahead of that week, they uh, Tomlin had mentioned that he and Mitchell talk almost every week. So that, that connection has stayed. It would make sense. It hasn't reportedly happened yet. Uh, we'll see. Again, I think they're going to add somebody there. Will they add more coaches? Typically, their coaching staff is among the smallest in football, but, um, you know, I just I just don't know. We'll see. All right, time for a couple more questions. Kay Jackson, Pittsburgh, glad you are here again. Any thoughts on the Steelers drafting Texas's Tavondre Sweat? And it's funny you mention that. We will have a report on Tavondre Sweat tomorrow on the site. It is scheduled. It is ready to go. I did not write it. One of our other uh, uh, draft analysts did. Um, I think he's appears to be more nose tackle than playing outside. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Montrevious Adams. We don't talk about Adams too much as kind of a notable for agent to be. I mean, Benton's are starting nose tackle. But um, I think for Pittsburgh, when it comes to D-line help, there may be something to, to, to need to be addressed there behind Benton to have some depth. But uh, I think they need to have more of a defensive end type uh, than it is going to be more of an interior guy if my read on Sweat is correct. So again, that report on Sweat will come up uh, tomorrow on the site. Uh, let's see, anything else, uh, Mike? I would love Mitchell to bring Kenny Moore with him. Yeah, that's that's a name that has rattled around my head a couple times. He is older. I think he's into his 30s at this point, but has been one of the NFL's top slot corners it's been like him and Mike Hilton the last five or so years um and so I don't know what that contract looks like and are you paying for past production and not future production the age is a is a factor but I mean I've always been a big Kenny Moore fan I bet the team has been as well so that is a a worthwhile name to mention there Mike uh should they bring back Doc Hodges for third string Laney Wilson could bring in a lot of money for the organization that is that's that's Big brain thinking there from Blackjack Novak. I know that's a, a tongue-in-cheek comment, but uh, yeah, Duck is doing well for himself here in his post-football uh, career. Anyone on the staff looking into Joe Milton from Tennessee? Looks like a late day two, day three guy with a lot of upside. Yeah, Josh, we did a report on uh, uh, Joe Milton. Just go to the site in the search bar uh, up here. I'll show you. You just click here and type in Joe Milton, as I'll do here briefly. Uh, that was one of our, our first reports. The arm obviously is attractive, but he just seems so scattershot. Had a really tough Senior Bowl week, and so there is a lot of a lot of molding to be done with him. But from what I've seen, again, not doing the report on him, not watching him super in depth. It just seems like he's he's got a big arm. But what else beyond that is he like a a Jeff George type, a quarterback? And so uh, you can see the report there, and you can click on it and uh, check it out. Brian Harrington. Hey, Alex. Hey, uh, hi, everybody. Uh, Brian is here. And so thank you for being here, Brian. Everybody else has been here tonight in the Steelers Depot live stream. And so just about wrapping up, maybe time for one last question. If somebody wants to try to get something in before the buzzer, um, this will be up on the YouTube channel and also on Steelers Depot in a little bit for you guys to go back and watch the uh, archive version. If you missed it or caught it halfway through or just want to Hear my voice again, which I'm sure you guys are all wanting to do. I really worked hard to uh, improve my audio as much as possible. It's like the number one thing I always look at. If you ever hear me kind of take a pause, it's probably because I'm like looking at my audio settings to see if the levels are right and if I've kind of configured things correctly. Not that it's going to make me sound like Morgan Freeman, but just to have the audio sound as uh, as strong as possible. There's still things I have to work on. There are too many pops my uh when i say pittsburgh you probably hear kind of a popping sound so i have to i have this onboard uh you know in-house kind of audio board that i can mess with and uh the popping is one thing i have to work on next overall so 
trying to improve my audio as much as possible with all the uh, tools that I have. That's always something that's top of mind for me, considering we are a podcast audio format. Uh, David says, you do sound way better since your days of the podcast, or first days of the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I had uh, a, a Turtle Beach, a, a gaming mic, which I still use just for the headset aspect of it, but I was using that to communicate, and that was just awful, just just terrible for actual, like, true podcast formats. So I have a Blue Yeti right now, which I know there are better versions out there, but I do like because this uh, Blue Yeti Pro comes with this, uh, you know, computer software audio board where I can mess with my gate and my popper and my gain level and all those guys can really customize my uh, audio the way that I feel like it sounds best. And so uh, having that ability to really customize my audio is something that a lot of other kind of consumer mics don't let me do without, you know, I could buy a true microphone and have this giant audio board and try to figure out where to put it, but I'm not super knowledgeable, uh, knowledgeable about those things. So this is kind of the, uh, the, the simple man's way to, uh, have the best audio possible. I still don't think it's 100% right, and it's on my desk, and I want an arm, but I tried an arm, and it didn't work. I couldn't get it to fit and stay, and so things to work on, but that's all all inside baseball. Right now, I'm just kind of rambling at this point. So uh, David misses the train roll bus. He might be the only one. I did not miss it, but uh, I think at this point, we can wrap things up here. Appreciate you guys hanging out with myself tonight again, Dave Bryan, away on vacation. He will be back for the next uh, episode two weeks from now. Again, you can find an archive version of this on the channel on SteelersDepot.com. Please subscribe to the channel. Got some more video content, I'm sure, coming your way. Please check out the site, SteelersDepot.com. Again, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you soon.